1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to My Melanie Money Professional. My name is Dev Braga, and I'm your host, and in this episode, we will discuss everything you need to know about home and contents insurance. Now, I've discussed a lot about personal insurance, such as income protection, trauma, life, and TPD, but strangely, I've never really touched on home and contents insurance, and I'm not really sure why, so I think it's important to understand the basic concepts and some of the pitfalls to watch out for. Let's get started. Now, if you want me to discuss a specific topic or if you have a specific question, don't hesitate to contact me via Twitter or via Facebook. And for those of you that are new to the channel, remember the three main aims, education, empowerment and entertainment. Now, what is home insurance? For the purposes of this episode, when I say home insurance, I'm referring to building insurance. And remember, insurance is just covering for your risk. You're transferring your risk to the insurer and in return, you pay them a premium. Now, in return for that, the insurer takes the risk and hopes you never make a claim. On the whole, insurance is generally considered a losing proposition for the client and a winning proposition for the insurer. The probability of a major event occurring affecting thousands of people at once, although we have had floods, hurricanes, earthquakes, is actually quite low. Interestingly, during my research about this episode, I found out that a magnitude 5 earthquake usually happens in Melbourne every 7 to 10 years. Now, I personally didn't think it was that common. So, when you get home insurance, the expectation and return for paying a premium is, number one, it covers the cost of making repairs to your home in the unlikely event where there's significant damage to the home, or cover the cost of replacing the home entirely. So when buying any insurance product, price is a determining factor, but is not the only determining factor. So it's important to compare policies for like for like. Sometimes approaching policies of what isn't covered is far more important than covering policies of what is covered. Now, the next concept you need to understand is coverage. What is Coverage. Should the coverage be the building itself or any fittings and fixtures? And generally, yes. And generally, this also includes fencing, gardens, sometimes garden sheds, even granny flats, solar panels, swimming pools, tennis courts. But you need to check specifically about this with your insurer. It also generally covers you if someone is injured on your property via public liability insurance. And the general standard is around $20 million. Now, this is really important. For example, if a person enters your home, trips and falls and has an injury, then they could potentially claim damages against you, particularly if they felt your home was dangerous during their visit. Think about all the people that enter your home, friends, family, get-togethers. It puts you as a homeowner at significant risk, particularly if you don't have building insurance. Think about all the tradespeople that enter your home to do jobs. It puts you at a significant risk if something happens. Now, the caveat here is if they get injured whilst doing their work in your home, then my understanding is they need public liability. It comes under their insurance. But if they're in your home for any other reasons, maybe to give a quote, although one can argue that it's part of their job, I think it comes under your liability insurance. Now, I'm curious if there's a lawyer listening in reach out to me about this particular scenario. So to not have home insurance is a huge risk. And I highly recommend if you don't, then get it ASAP. Now this is for people that own homes, not really for rental. So generally when you own a home, what is the usual coverage for building and home insurance? There are two main types of coverage you can get. Number one is complete replacement cover, which a lot of insurance may not offer, but it's actually worth asking. And number two is some insured cover, which is when they cover you for a limit, but usually have a 20 to 30% variance on that. So you need to check with your insurer to make sure if your policy has this added feature. The main risk when obtaining insurance of any type, whether it be car, personal insurance, contents, or building, is to underinsure yourself. So what is under insurance? The stats are staggering. Research suggests that Australians are grossly underinsured for their homes up to 66% of households potentially are underinsured. Underinsurance just means that you're not covered for the damage which occurs to your property or contents. Now, I'll cover contents insurance a bit later in this episode. So what are some of the risks of being underinsured? Number one is you miscalculate the value of your home. With rising building costs and inflation in 2022 and 2023, this is a huge issue. So during renewals, factor this in. Number two is not accounting for the cost of removing the debris after damage and clearance. Number three is focusing just on the premiums, which means coverage is not great sometimes. And number four is inflationary pressures, as I mentioned earlier, higher cost of repairs, higher cost of labor, higher cost of materials. So the two types of insurances, what is some insured policy? A lot of people mistake some insured policies for the price you paid to build the home or paid to buy the home. That is not some insured policy. A sum insured policy is basically the maximum amount you can claim during any one claim event. So if your home is damaged and you have a sum insured policy, and let's say it has a limit up to which the insurer is liable to pay you. If the sum insured is lower than the rebuild or repair costs, then it may be up to you to cover the shortfall especially if there's no variance of some insured on the policy, which some insurers call this the safety net. Now, the other type of insurance is the complete replacement or total replacement coverage. Not all insurers offer this policy. You'll find only major insurers like Amy or GIO might do this. Now, I'm not recommending them. They don't sponsor this show, but if they want to, happy to entertain. For Open Disclosure, I'm with Amy. Now, the total replacement cover is the best cover and it offers complete peace of mind, which means no matter how much it costs to replace, rebuild, repair your home, it'll cover it. Of course, often this is much more expensive than some insured cover. Why? Because remember, the insurer is taking the risk, not you. So how do you then calculate how much your home is worth in the event that you need to repair it or rebuild it? Now, you can use various building calculators to find this out. They ask you specific questions. And generally speaking, an open floor plan, which is very common in newer homes, it's much more expensive to build, which means your premiums will be much higher. You need to consider your land, your slope, your fittings, your fixtures. For example, it's not unusual for a lot of homes to have an ensuite, a lot of homes to have a walk-in robe for every bedroom. It's sometimes not unusual to have a home theatre. It's not unusual to have maybe a games room or a toy room. These are all extras and it depends on your home. And these questions will be asked by your insurer at the time of sign-up to ensure your home is suitable for their insurance product. And if so, they will, of course, charge you a premium for it. Remember, the insurer always wins. You're just minimising your risk. So what's the most basic coverage you should get in any home building insurance? You'll find that most policies should cover you for fire and explosion, Floods, storm and rainwater damage, lightning, accidental breakage of glass or ceramics, earthquakes or tsunamis, and this also depends if you live in an earthquake or tsunami-prone area, theft or attempted theft, vandalism, malicious damage, impact damage, most commonly from trees, or sudden escape of fluid, such as a burst pipe. Now, some of the common exclusions is if you damage your property on purpose, you're not going to be covered, actions of the sea, such as a tidal wave, storm surges or high tides, which is interesting that most insurers cover tsunamis, but they don't cover actions of the sea. I suppose a tsunami is caused by an earthquake under the sea. Landslides, often not covered. Power failures, but the power company may be responsible and may have to reimburse you, so that may not be covered. Now, this actually happened to us once when we had a power failure for up to three days in our area and our food went off. So the electricity supply reimbursed us $300 worth as a flat fee to buy new food. It turns out the food wasn't worth that much, so you know what I did with the money. Now, some of the extras you can choose but are not routinely covered in home insurance is ancillary rebuild costs. So if you need an architect or another council approval process and it costs money, it may not be covered unless you specifically have it as an extra. What about demolition and debris removal? Surprisingly, it's mostly not covered. Environmental upgrades, such as I had to check that my solar panels, for example, in our house, is actually covered in the water tanks because not all policies automatically cover it. Electric burnout, if your fridge dies as a result, you may not be covered for the off food as a result. Temporary accommodation, you need to check if there are limits and how it affects your premiums. Now, what about do you need to keep records of your home? Now, this is something I think is a bit ridiculous, but apparently, Yes. If your home is new, you need to have drawings and fittings and fixtures, blueprints, etc. So that's a bit annoying. But hopefully if you've got a new home, you've got it laying around. Most insurers recommend you take close-up shots of the home. This is also the same for contents, which we'll cover later on. And remember, always read the PDS. Again, this is something people say all the time, including me. I just said it. But has anyone actually read the PDS of an insurance company's book? It's full of jargon. It's long-winded. No one has the time to read those 30-page booklets that you get sent every year. And I'm not sure why insurers don't really have fact sheets as a standard. Some do, some don't. Now, what are some of the common reasons why claims can get rejected? Number one is you can claim later when the damage is worse. A lot of people think that's true. And it's actually quite common for people to do this. Most people just wait until they make a claim. But just like any profession, building inspectors can easily detect when the damage occurred compared to sudden damage and long-term issue. So if you just wait around, thinking that you can put a claim in later on, the answer is no. Number two is broken roof tiles. Now, it's not unusual to be rejected because it means leaks occur over a period of time. Number three is gutters have debris and junk. Is that claimable? Now, when was the last time you did this? This is more of a problem for single-story homes and homes in heavy bushland. Concrete double-story loving people like me are usually okay with this clause. Number four is Smoke alarms are not working, check twice yearly. If your smoke alarm is not working and your house burns down, you may not be covered. Number five is simply lying during your insurance purchase or renewal. They ask you this specifically. No point lying because they will find out. There has been cases where people make social media posts in direct contradiction to the actual event. It's a dumbass move. Number six is just not proving you actually own the property. Yeah, it turns out you need to own the actual property in order to be eligible for a claim against that property. Now, what about if you're building a new home and it hasn't settled yet? Or I'm building a home and it hasn't, I'm buying a home, beg your pardon, it hasn't settled yet. Do I need to get home building insurance? The short answer is absolutely yes. The long answer is speak to your lawyer. Having home insurance after purchase of a property is not a legal requirement, but I think it's worthwhile. Time and time again, once a property is sold, the owners don't care. And of course, you rock up on settlement day and check inside and there's more damage than you anticipated or outright complete abuse of the property from the time that you paid the money, from the time that you settled. Surprisingly, this is more common than usual. The previous owners literally won't care if you chase and harass them. Now, let's talk a little bit about public liability. This is when someone gets injured or dies in your property and they are not related to you. Common claims include people colliding with walls and eating sutures. I see this all the time in the emergency. Dog bites, huge risk if you have pets. It's not unusual for patients to ask for medical records from doctors after dog bites because they want to pursue a claim. People slipping over or tripping over things, furniture, dogs, objects, not unusual. But the things that are not covered by public liability are things like tradesperson's injury during their work at your house. It comes under their insurance. Someone eats food at your place and they get salmonella. Unfortunately, your public liability doesn't cover it. And anything to do with incidents involving mobile homes or caravans doesn't cover. A lot of this can be insurer-specific, so ensure you check with your insurer during renewals or getting a new policy. So how can you reduce your premium to help cost of living pressures? You've got to have a safety feature in your home, like an alarm or security cameras that may help reduce your premiums. A lot of these insurance companies specifically ask you about that. Just keep the home clean or obstruction-free, fire safe, and also debris-free. Maybe increase your excess. Combine your policies. A lot of insurers offer multi-policy discounts of up to 25 to 30%. Pay up front for the whole year. I'm a big fan of this. I do it regularly. Because cash flow can be an issue, and I do appreciate that, and that's an individual choice. But often it's cheaper to do so to pay up front, and you need to calculate your opportunity cost if you want to do this. Now that's about it for home insurance or building insurance. We'll take a short break and when we come back, we'll talk about contents insurance. Be right back.
0: If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help.
1: Welcome back. Let's talk a little bit about contents insurance. So what's contents insurance? Now, this insurance covers against your household items and personal belongings if they're damaged. Usually, this includes things inside your house. And generally speaking, contents insurance is for everyone, not just homeowners. So this applies if you rent a home as well or live in a share home. You can get home and contents insurance together or just get contents insurance separately, but a combination policy may work out better value particularly if you own a home. And generally speaking, for contents insurance, most insurers offer new-for-old cover. Now, similar to building insurance, you can insure your contents up to a sum value or just insure it for for new-for-old cover. And the latter is obviously more expensive, just like in building insurance. And the sum insured is more about the market value. For example, if you insure your sofa for $2,000, but buying a new one costs $3,000, the shortfall is covered by you. And that's why such premiums are cheaper. So how do you value your personal belongings? This is really tricky. Again, there are online calculators that may help you do this. And generally speaking, for contents, it's good to be overinsured rather than underinsured. So maybe add another 10 or 25% of that calculator findings. Have a look at the Good Shepherd Microfinance website, for example, for the average value of household items. Now, if you have premium items, then you may need to self-insure themselves or value them yourselves externally. As part of contents insurance, you can actually get what's called accidental damage cover. So what's that? Most contents insurance does not include this as standard. I think it's useful if you have dogs or kids or running around the house and dropping and breaking things all the time. Kids do some interesting things. One of the friend's kids decided to drop their brand new iPhone after watching one of those will it break videos. Unsurprisingly, the new iPhone broke. Accidental damage is a potential claim here. I mean, the kid did it. By accident, right? Now, there are some exclusions with contents insurance, usually theft, vandalism, storms, usually kind of covered. But what happens if they leave your door open, for example, or your home gets robbed as a result of that? Will you be covered? No, you won't be because you left the door open. Intentional damage is also not covered. It's also not surprising. If you have a home alarm, you don't put it on, and you leave and your house gets robbed you may not be covered. Check your policy. And what about rare things like jewellery or collections? Are they automatically covered? And the answer is no. You'll need to get additional coverage for this. And usually there are also limits to the items. For example, if you have a $5,000 laptop, you may not get $5,000 coverage for it unless you have special insurance for it. Now, I find contents insurance is pretty straightforward. What about renewals for all of your insurance? I always ring up for a better deal during renewal time. One of my pet peeves is you can't cancel your policy in advance if you renewal with another insurance is better. A lot of insurance companies don't allow this. For example, recently I changed my insurer from Cominsure to Amy for one of my policies. The expiry date was the 15th of the month. Now, I could start my policy with Amy on the 15th, but I couldn't advance cancel my existing CommInsure policy on the 15th. And usually I prefer an overlap. So I had to ring up close to the 15th of the month to make the expiry happen. That's a second phone call. No, I think that's rubbish. And I think some insurance companies do this on purpose by stating our system doesn't allow advanced cancellations of policies. Well, here's a tip. Make your system allow this. I'm the policyholder. I should be able to cancel my policy at any time I want within the period of insurance. My sceptic in me suggests this is likely a tactic. They use so that you stick with them for longer. Or maybe even forget to cancel. I don't hesitate to negotiate my insurances. Now, it's been less successful, I must admit, in the last 12 months compared to previous years, but at least I try and stick with the renewal system. I think it's just not me. It's just most people are struggling to get a better deal in 2023 than they did in 2022. And most of the time, I've still managed to match the deal. And once I got a massive discount from a car insurance, which was great, for better coverage. Simply ringing up and asking them is really important. Now some of the other things to consider when joining insurance companies is think about the claims process. I think it's worthwhile researching online their claims process. Some agencies have easier processes. Some agencies allow online claims and have mobile apps. Others don't. For me, I pay for convenience. I hate talking on the phone. I find it really frustrating. I prefer to do online claims. The second thing is you need to find out how quickly they reimburse. Most of the time, my insurance claims have been pretty straightforward. And the few times I've claimed building insurance, for example, it's been really easy, always online, and almost always auto-paid out. And I don't routinely believe what's posted on sites like Product Reviews or CanStar or Choice because some companies pay clients to do this. And remember, a complaint is more likely to be published on those sites rather than a praise. So, building insurance and contents insurance. That's about it for this episode. Remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be using. I'll leave a five-star rating on all of the platforms. That's even better. And please leave a positive review. And on that note, here's a review from QWERTYYOOP123654, who titles Life Changer and Potentially Life Saver. Doctors are often credited for saving lives, Dr. Dev Raga is no different sharing his knowledge about personal finance and encouraging us to act and think upon our personal finances. He sets up his listeners to change their lives for the better and potentially save their lives. As he always closes in his podcasts, stay safe. That's a big call and that's a wonderful review. You have a good point. Listeners would have noticed I close with the statement, please make sure you stay safe. Why is that? Well, I think safety is really important, even in healthcare. I focus all of my efforts to provide safe clinical care. Everywhere we look, this is fundamentally and essentially the primary goal of most people. Now, none of what I do matters in this podcast if I don't encourage you to be safe and ensure the people around you are safe. As usual, the more ratings and reviews you leave, the better this podcast gets. It allows more people to get access to this podcast, and I put a lot of thought and effort into each and every episode. My name's Dev Raga, and this is My Millennium Money, professional. And until next time, please make sure
0: you stay safe. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. SIMO Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorised representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451 289.